Hey, welcome in Thursday afternoon. Gabe DeArmond here, Power Mizzou Live. We're going to preview Missouri versus Kansas State. A little less than 48 hours from kickoff. This is the time every week where we zone in a little bit more on the matchup and talk about the upcoming game. Uh, Going to have a little help doing that from uh, Kevin Fielder, who covers Kansas State here in just a few minutes. But right now, bringing in Gerard Hamilton and appreciate you guys hanging out with us, being with us. Uh, Freeway Jared already here, one of our uh, regulars. So if you're here, got questions, comments, throw them up in the comments section. Gerard, what's going up? What's going on, man? You're on mute. I mean, man, I feel like now a, I can hear you. That's so 2020. That's so 2020. I, I was going to say, Gerard, we've been doing this stuff for like four I, years yeah. now, and sometimes we still got to mute, man. Yeah, man. Um, Sorry about that. But yeah, just finishing up the preview. Uh, Just got a couple more things I want to add to it. Um, Getting around the bold predictions, which is kind of hard. If y'all have noticed the bold predictions I've done for the last couple weeks, I added a tracker last week to kind of just mark. I said it's just something a little fun. I did go two for two last week, Gabe, but okay. I don't I don't really know what bold predictions I'll have this week. I won't just put one in there to put one in there, though. Like right. I want them to make uh, make sense. So I'm gonna think about that a little bit. So speaking of things that don't make sense, this line started out at three. It went mm-hmm. up to about five and a half. It's back down to three and a half or four. Like and I understand, like, the line was never going to reflect exactly what the, like, coming off last week, I think Missouri fans have said, like, set the line at 30, and I would t- still take Kansas State. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But, like, I, I, I'm interested that it started low and that it seems to be moving back toward Missouri a little bit. I, uh, we'll see what happens in the, in the last, you know, 48 hours before kickoff, I guess. Yeah, it was, you said it started out with four and a half? Minus started five. at three, went to five three. and a half. It's back to about four, three and a half. Wasn't there a period where it was minus one? Like right before. That, that was some really weird thing last week that I'm not, yeah. I, I don't know where that came from, but yeah, it, it yeah. opened on, on Sunday or Monday at three. The only thing I can really think is um, like Vegas, just wondering. Uh, yeah, exactly. Vegas, Kyle says Vegas is begging people to take uh K State. I feel like so many people uh, they're leaning one way, so maybe that's what tips the line. I also think maybe Vegas is having that thing like, like uh, fans do. You know, after right after a game, they're like the line has got to be way up here after seeing you know the week two games, and then it's been a few days, and they start thinking, well, Missouri's at home. You know, this, this, and that, whatever the uh, cases may be. Yeah, well, explain that to me because I, look, it's been a long time since I've bet on a game. Why is Vegas? Why did why would Vegas be begging people to take K State? Like because the money previously has come in on Missouri, so now they're lowering it to entice people to to take K State or what? Let me try to say this right because like in my head I know what I'm thinking, but I want to say it right. I think it's like so many people expect Kansas State to win, so I think if the underdogs win, it would be Missouri, then the house wins all the money. Right, like they, which like, that's what they they'd like. Exactly, that. They'd be okay exactly. With that. and so um, I don't know. Maybe lowering the odds and entices people to bet more or something on Kansas State. I guess I I don't really know. Okay, well, it's interesting. Kyle says ninety three percent of public bets are on K State. So look, guys, I'm I'm not a gambling Sheesh. expert. I don't know. 
how this works. I, I just find the line pretty interesting, um, you know, and, and the fact that it has come down toward Missouri uh, this week. And and uh, let's go ahead and take a, another question because this hits on something that Gerard and I talked about in the, the pre-show meeting, which was extensive and lasted a good I don't know, 90 seconds or so. But does Mizzou have any clear advantage in this matchup? I mean, the short answer is not really. No. And even the thing that you would think about defense, if you break down the numbers, you guys seen that article today I put out about starting fast and finishing strong on offense and defense. Um, Kansas State, when it comes to this matchup versus Missouri, they do it all. They got the better quarterback. Um, the receiving, actually, talent as far as receivers – up in the air, but Missouri doesn't use all their receivers. Right, Missouri only has one. So. So, so even that, the offensive line for Kansas State, that's like the strength of their offense. Uh, their defense is is pretty good. It's got so many, you know, quality players there. And then special teams where like Kansas State is like one of the best historically over the last 10 years. Uh, a stat I just found was since 20. 13 Kansas State hasn't allowed a kickoff return for a touchdown since 2019. They haven't allowed a kickoff return or a punt return for a touchdown, but also since 2019, they have five punt returns for touchdowns and five kickoff returns for a touchdown. So they're like both sides, all those cases of special teams, they're really good at. Missouri's been struggling. There's just like not something I can say. Well, Missouri definitively does this better than K State. Well, and speaking of special teams, I mean, Missouri knows all about that because uh, they saw Phillip Brooks take one back last year that that really kind of was was kind of the death blow in that game. That was mm-hmm. that was one of the worst games I've ever seen. I mean, that was just dreadful was- game to sit through. The weather was awful. Nothing about that day was like even the dinner we had afterwards. I didn't even think was very good. It was yeah. It was – I got a thought that I'm going to say for, for after because people may try to get on me about saying this on here. But I will say I think that was the best food I had all season. Them and maybe Tennessee. Tennessee oh, in the press box, you mean? Yeah. The breakfast food, I'm not going to lie. That was – and it was so good to have that while we was waiting through this rain delay that never ended. Yeah, yeah. Um Oh, okay, Grant Himmelman's asking about what about secondary? Does does Missouri have a potential edge there? I, I oh, mean, oh, okay, okay, the yeah, yeah, okay. Cornerbacks, uh, um, yeah. Like I think if we're putting it more specifically, like cornerbacks versus cornerbacks, yeah, I think Missouri definitely has the edge there. They've got the the quality pieces. But the thing is, and I asked Drink this on the uh, SEC teleconference yesterday, just about the three three five defense as a whole and how how much of a problem it could cause. So it makes you want to run because you think there's open areas because you only see three defensive linemen, right? And then, but because they got so many people off the ball and can just basically run at you, you're playing laterally behind the line of scrimmage. And you know, Missouri had a problem with that last year, going left and right instead of going north and south. And then the second thing in the past game is with that extra player, I guess an extra linebacker, those eight defenders, it makes the, the holes tighter to throw through. And it's not like Brady Cook is – he doesn't got the, you know, a super arm. He's pretty accurate, but I don't know. It would be tough to ask him, like, hey, throw these lasers in between these little gaps in the defense. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. If there's a team in the country that doesn't need to be enticed to run the ball anymore, it's Missouri. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, – it, it's been like, what, 45 passes in two games and like 87 runs or something like that. I mean, 
that changes this weekend, right? Because they're not going to hand the ball off to Cody Schrader and Nate Pete 45 times and win this game. I'm going to tell you why it changes. But not, y'all not going to be happy. It's going to be changing. Because they're going to be behind. behind. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, they. That's why I get people's frustration is why didn't they test out more things in the first two games to prepare yourself? Because um, sometimes it's okay like if to surprise everybody, but also you're not in rhythm if you if you haven't done none of these plays before. You haven't really passed it a lot those first couple games. You don't want to be trying that versus an opponent you really want to and need to be. Yeah, and um, I, I just have to think this – look, you can make the argument eh, they've been a little bit intentionally conservative, you know, what, whatever you want to – Say, but if we see a team that runs the ball 40 times and throws it 20 this week, then it's time to just say this is what they are. This is what they're going to be all season. Yeah, this is the this is the, the first real test. I know a lot of y'all are going to say, but it's a Big 12 team. It's a non-conference team. This is a top 15 team, though. Mm-hmm. Like, this team is better than most teams they're probably going to play. And I'm just trying to think off my head, even in the SEC. So, like, this is a real big game. This isn't something where – you know, it just happens to be an old rival. Like this is this is a real test. I I feel like I mean we've been talking about what was the date? I don't even count the bowl game. So what was the date of the Arkansas game last year? Would have been like November 29, twenty nine, somewhere around there. Something like that. So we have essentially been waiting for ten and a half months since we have ten and a half months. No, that's not right. Nine and a half months since we have covered. Like a a real important game with meaning, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I don't feel like the Gasparilla Bowl against Wake Forest seemed to have a a ton of meaning. The first two certainly didn't. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this is the this is the chance we've been waiting for to to find out a little bit more about Missouri. Sure. So uh, with that, going to find out a little bit more about K-State, actually, at this point. We're going to bring in Kevin Fielder from EMA Online. That is our K-State site on the Rivals Network. Kevin, um, we do this on the fly. We just bring you in and hope you can hear us and hope you can hope we can hear you. So, so best of luck, man. Uh, well, let's start there. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay, All perfect. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, all right, Kevin, uh, I know you're, you're a little bit new to, to covering the K-State beat. Uh, so weren't maybe in attendance at last year's uh, game, which is honestly, it's good. It was one of the worst football games I've ever seen. And it, I don't care which side you were on. It just wasn't worth being at. Um, but I'm curious what the, what kind of the vibe and, and the feeling out of Manhattan is this week about making the trip over to Columbia. You know, I think that it's really one of those things of like, man, last last year's game went incredibly well for Kansas State on the scoreboard. I mean, to win 40 to 12 to, you know, to, to get a win like that against a rival. And then you throw all that out the window because it's still a rivalry game. And in college football, I think you ask anyone, they're all going to agree that it's a, you know, if it's a rivalry game, you throw everything out the window. You throw all the the preparation, you throw all the the past history, you just throw it out the window because, you know, there's obviously added benefit to both sides. And I think, you know, both sides coming into this game through different lenses and, you know, both teams coming in undefeated, uh, you know, playing against sort of weaker competition. And now you get this opportunity to show that, you know, the entire year of preparation leading up to this game was worth something for either side. Um, 
Kevin, uh, this has been a big talk for Missouri uh, the first couple of weeks as far as just like, have they shown enough of their offense? Is there, does it seem like Kansas State on their side? I mean, they're putting up points. Does it seem like they could still have some some tricks in the bag? I mean, obviously every team will, but do you think like there's still some part of the offense we haven't seen yet? I don't think this offense is at its final form yet. And I think that a lot of it is trying to figure out where certain things stand. You know, this is a a sort of a unique situation now in the running game where you have two really formidable backs who you have to try and find a way to get them snaps. And, you know, it's a lot different from when you've got one guy who you can just rely on and give him 20, 25 carries a game and say, you know, we, we've got our guy. This is what we're going to do on offense. But I feel like this year they're still sort of trying to figure out what they are and what their identity is. And, you know, part of it is what is Will Howard in terms of this offense right now and where does everything sort of stand from here until the end of the year. So, you know, I, I think that you've seen sort of the the comings of an offense that's consistently going to put up numbers in the Big 12, but it's not perfect yet. And I, I don't think there's an offense in college football that's perfect through two weeks or three weeks of the season, but particularly for Kansas State, you know, this is an offense that still needs to figure out some of their issues and sort of try and find a way to get a little bit more complete as they enter into conference play. I, I would argue that Washington and USC might be perfect, but I would also argue that if you put Caleb Williams and Michael yeah, I mean, on any team, they'd be pretty perfect. I, um, I, I, I think if you have Caleb Williams, you don't need to have a perfect offense because he is a perfect quarterback. So Exactly. Um, I, I'm curious. Last year, I remember Chris Kleiman and K-State really building up this, hey, former rivalry, former conference matchup. We're the Big 12 trying to go represent our league against the SEC. It, it was something that, that, like, he was bringing in former players, and it was pretty clear. And I know a lot of Missouri fans felt like K-State's team maybe had a better understanding of what that meant going into the game than, than Missouri's team had last year. Is, is that something you've gotten any sense Kleiman is doing this year, or is it kind of like, hey, you, you get it from last year. We don't got to do this again. I mean, I think you listen back to his press conference from earlier this week, and he mentioned a few times that it's still a rivalry game, guys. Like, you know, this is still a rivalry game. This is still something that we need to win and prepare for differently. So I, I think that they are still sort of approaching this as, you know, a game with proven sort of upside of like, hey, man, we're playing against a team that's a former conference mate. You know, this is a game where we can prove ourselves again against a, a rivalry team. And I think that if you constantly mention the word rivalry, you're going to hype this up as a rivalry, and this isn't going to just be another non-conference game. This is a game that has a little bit extra meaning for Kansas State. Um, I was looking through Kansas State's defense, and Drink mentioned a couple times Khalid Duke. Um, so first, can you kind of touch up on him? But something I'm a little bit more interested in, just kind of on the side that maybe not get as much attention is cornerback, or maybe say, but I think it's cornerback Will Lee, six foot three. Um, he had an interception last week, and I noticed he's a big corner like Julius Brents was for them uh, last year. Can you kind of talk about those guys for me? Yeah, I mean, starting on Khalid Duke, that that dude's been on a tear since the beginning of the season, and he had a few pressures against Southeast Missouri. He had a few pressures against Troy, and you know, a lot of what they're doing on defense is starting with the front seven and the play of the front seven, and that's particularly important when you consider that the secondary is still slightly inexperienced. Uh, you know, you you lost a bunch of guys last year and, you know, you're still shorter trying to figure out, again, going back to the offense, you're trying to figure out what the identity is of this defense and what they can figure out from the the back sort of four or five. And 
Will Lee has been really impressive, and that's important for them because they needed someone to step up in that room, and it was going to be between him and Jacob Parrish, I think. And both have impressed, but still, I mean, it's two games against weaker opponents. And, you know, Southeast Missouri isn't a team that should scare Kansas State any given year, and Troy is a team that didn't have a great passing attack heading into the game, and that was a team that prided themselves on running the football. And then you shift over to a game against Missouri where – you are going to face one of the more talented wide receivers in college football. You know, this is a, a huge test for a, a Kansas State secondary that hasn't had to be tested as much. Uh, you know, there's been some moments where they've had to be tested, but in terms of like general sense of having to be tested for an entire year, this is going to be a game where Will Lee and Jacob Parrish have to step up and they have to play high level football or you know, you're, you're letting Luther Burden go for 300 yards and it's and he's making you look silly because that's what he does on any given game. It, you may have just answered my next question, but we were talking before you came on, like we can't necessarily find any individual matchup or area of the game where we go, well, this is a clear advantage for Missouri. Do, do you get the sense from Climate or the players, like what are they, is there something there maybe more concerned about than other things? I mean, is there something that they highlighted other than, look, we understand every team is aggressive and multiple and blocks hard and plays hard and well-coached and all that, right? But, I mean, is there anything in particular that that Climate or, or K-State's players pointed out? I don't think they've mentioned anything that's, like, incredibly concerning as in, like, this is panic button level mm-hmm. of we need to fix this now where this is going to become an issue against Mizzou. But Climate has mentioned a few times, again, Luther Burden because – I think that when you talk about Missouri's offense, you talk about Luther Burden and how impactful he is stretching the field vertically. And that's something that he mentioned a few times was particularly Luther Burden being able to stretch the field vertically and getting, you know, putting stress on the defensive backs and putting stress on a defense. But, you know, I I think the biggest thing is they want to continue to see this pass rush continue to not only develop, but find ways to get different guys involved, be able to go a little bit deeper. They're currently about four deep. Uh, I, I sort of get the sense Kleiman wants to go probably five or six deep in that room. But, you know, I, I think that it's really, it's just trying to find if they can find a pass rush that can keep Brady Cook sort of struggling and, you know, don't give Luther Burden anchors a space back. And, you know, I, I don't really get the sense that there is a real concern yet, but I, I do get the feeling that, you know, they're, they're still sort of waiting for that complete performance and sort of who can blame them because you, you kept, you let Troy stay in the game for a little bit and, you know, it's sort of hard to take anything from a game against an FCS opponent. Um, would you agree that the, I guess the biggest, you know, matchup would be Kansas State's offensive line versus uh, Missouri's defensive line? That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that outside of Burden and you know who's stopping him, it, it's really can uh, Kansas State's offensive line, which is one of the best in the country, and is one of the more experienced ones in the country, then can they continue to play at a high level? Because if they can continue to play at a high level, Kansas State can sustain the ball. They can keep Will uh, you know, Will Howard in a clean pocket, and that changes a lot of stuff. So, you know, they're still sort of trying to find, I think, the five that they like if, if Christian Duffy can't go. Uh, you know, the, the offensive tackle, and there has been, you know, Kleiman has said that he's practiced sort of, exercise caution in terms of him playing but you know this is an offensive line that's got a ton of snaps under them and you know this Missouri defense line this front seven overall for Missouri has looked incredibly good to start the year so 
I feel like the game sort of starts there and, you know, without getting into the whole coach speak of like, oh, well, every game's one of the trenches. This is going to be a game that's one of the trenches. You know, whoever dominates the trenches on both sides is probably going to win this game. Uh, Kevin, David Carnell's asking if the offensive line is down two starters. So it just give us a quick health rundown. Is it is it just one guy that, that you're expecting to be questionable this my week? Understanding, my, my understanding is this Christian Duffy is sort of the biggest question mark in terms of what this offensive line is right now. And, uh, you know, he practiced earlier this week. And, you know, Kleiman has mentioned that they're hopeful that he can come back either this week or next week. But he hasn't really nailed down a timeline yet. There hasn't been a real you know, he's going to start this week. You know, we're, we're going to get him involved this week. It's still sort of, I guess, waiting and seeing how he feels Friday, Saturday, heading into the game. What's, I guess, when you come into a road game as a, as a favorite, I mean, I think we both cover teams that early in the year, we've been asking people to cover the other team. How did they make this close, right? Well, this is the opposite deal. This is K-State coming in here as a road favorite. So if there's, if they're on upset alert, like if, if Missouri is gonna gonna string this thing out and, and make it a close game at the end, where do you see the areas that Missouri's got to exploit K State? I think the biggest thing is the secondary and you know, sort of challenge the secondary to make plays and find a way to keep the front seven of Kansas State, which has been really good at rushing the passer, at bay a little bit longer so that these wide receivers and you know, you can sort of sustain a a little bit more of a diverse passing attack that isn't just screens and quick passes and trying to find who's hot. Uh, You know, if you can keep that, you sort of can, I think maybe exploit Kansas state's defense a little bit, uh, you know, because I still have my concerns about the secondary and then offensively as crazy as it sounds, I was looking at the numbers and I'm equally as shocked as I think everyone else will be. Don't blitz. Will Howard seems to be the the new trend. Uh, You know, Will Howard, when he's not blitzed is actually playing pretty well or when, when he's being blitzed is playing pretty well. But when other teams are dropping more guys into coverage and they're maybe only sending three or four, will hire to struggle. He's thrown two interceptions in these situations. You know, he hasn't completed as many passes. Like if they, you could find a way to sustain pressure with four guys, you know, that pushes a lot of stress on these wide receivers to get open. And as good as they played so far, uh, you know, particularly Jaden Jackson and Phillip Brooks, like this is still, a team that's going to go as far as Will Howard takes them. And, you know, if you can sort of close down some of those throwing windows, then I think you could sort of get the Will Howard of where he throws that one boneheaded pass every game and you go, all right, there's the Will Howard that has sort of plagued him since last season. Um, I don't think I got – you answered everything for, for, for me that uh, I, I yeah i mean that was that was thorough man that was yeah, impressive uh, just uh do you have a feel for if you want to put a score out there that's fine i never pressure anybody to put because like look we know making predictions all it can do is, is make you look dumb right but feel free uh if you want to but do you what's your sense of how this thing goes i mean i missouri fans have spent about four days convincing themselves that they're going to lose by 50. But now that we're closer to game time, I think more and more of them are thinking, okay, now, now this is our time and we're going to turn it around and win. So just curious how you see it going. Yeah. You know, as someone who has had to cover FAU for the last four years, I'm really used to making score predictions that make me look silly afterwards. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I might as well just do it again because it seems to be a trend for me, but I think that this game is going to be closer than people want to say it is. And I don't know what Vegas has the game at. I don't know what the, the current line is moving at. I really don't care either because again, 
it's a rivalry game. Just throw it all out the window and, you know, evaluate it as a one-off game because that's what most rivalry games are. Uh, but I think that, like, as of right now, I think Kansas State probably wins, but I think it's close because this is a Kansas State team that's still trying to find itself, and they haven't had to play a weapon quite like Luther Burden, and there aren't many weapons quite like Luther Burden, but, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't had to play a guy like him. So I think Kansas State wins. I think it's close, though. I think this game stays at sort of that 7-14 to 14 point range, and it never feels completely comfortable, and, you know, it feels like Missouri at any point can go on a little bit of a run and, you know, keep this game, uh, you know, make this game interesting down the stretch. Give me like 35 or 34, 28, no, 34, 24, Kansas State wins. And, you know, one of those games that the 10-point scoreline doesn't really feel like a 10-point scoreline. feels more like a a 7-point scoreline where, you know, Kansas State just finds a way to pull out later in the game. Yeah, you and I see this game pretty similarly. I'm picking K-State, but I'm picking them in a similar type of game. Um, the only difference is you have more points than I do. Um, look, I've just watched this Missouri team play too much to think they're going to score 24 points, if I'm being quite honest about it. You know, it. I don't blame you there because I, I went back and I watched a little bit of the Middle Tennessee game. And as someone who gets frustrated watching bad football, I don't want to say that was like oh, awful football. Oh, no, no, say it. It was bad it was, football. It was, it was bad, bad football. And it was particularly yeah. just like the same mistakes that you feel like have probably played to Missouri for years keep trying to play themselves into someone who's watched them from afar and you know remember watching what was it the georgia game last year where they're like oh my god this game's close this might actually be a thing and then turnover mistake and you're just like okay well there we go kevin kevin is plugged in he he must be watching missouri on the side because he already he already knows what we've been talking about you know again I covered FAU under Willie Taggart. There's enough of like bad football that I'm kind of a, you're, a savant you're an expert on bad, in bad football. football. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Kevin, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the time. And, and we'll let you go and uh, see what happens on Saturday. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, I, I think it should still be an exciting game. Yep. For sure, man. Appreciate All right. You. Have a good day. It's uh, yeah. Kevin Fielder from emailonline.com. And uh, look, man, I mean, I, I think it's good sometimes to have an outside set of eyes, right? Like his last 45 seconds there, that's pretty much what I'd say about Missouri at this point in time. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And something that at first when he was talking, I was thinking, okay, he's like, there's a little bit more holes in Kansas state than obviously us outsiders who do not watch Kansas state may know as far as like, you know, Will Howard, when it comes to, you know, dropping, you know, players dropping in coverage and stuff like that. But the big thing for me that still isn't good for Missouri is basically he said, Brady Cook, you're going to need to test the secondary. And you're probably going to have to test them deep, considering we've been talking about the corners. And the corners are making plays. And you know what Missouri cannot do? Throw deep. You know yeah. what they all – they can't – it's either because there's pressure in their face or because Brady Cook has not shown that he can, at least not yet, throw the ball, you know, deep enough. There was a couple plays last game where – probably touchdowns or at least very big gains if Brady Cook can lead the ball further down the field and he hasn't been able to do that. And so to ask Brady Cook to do that to win this game, that is not not where Missouri wants uh, and Missouri wants look, to be. Look, it's time to get somebody besides Luther Burden involved here. Um, they have to. You know, I mean, nobody else has more than five. Well, I think Theo Weiss has nine targets. Makai Miller has five. Nobody else has more than two. 
Um, you know, I mean, it's time to to get some of these other guys the football. Um, so just want to kind of finish this up, running through some some quick questions and comments here, and and we usually keep this one to about thirty minutes, but we'll run through some of these that have built up. Uh, Will says, "Were you convinced by the K State Troy game? The stat line's good, but it took a long time for KSU to look at. I mean, on one hand, I get it, but they won that game forty nine to thirteen, and so you know, wait, I think it was forty to thirteen. Let's forty to thirteen. Okay. Okay. 40 to 13. But point is, I mean, they won it by four scores. It, that was, that was a blowout that was always in hand. And my thing is, you know, if, if Missouri had done that to middle Tennessee, right? Like when it's 23, 10, if Drinkwitz goes for it and they close that out with two more touchdowns and they went 37, 10, like, yeah, it took longer than it needed to, but they won the game by 27 points. I'm not going to complain too much. That's what K-State did. I mean, I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying they're elite. And I'm not saying Missouri has no chance. But K-State has largely taken care of business through the first two weeks. And Missouri came much closer to not taking care of business. All right. Uh, actually, I'm, I was wrong, too. It was 42-13. That was the, the official 13 But um, I'm, looking, I'm looking back at the article from this morning. And because what was the question we had? Keep taking a long time to look good. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Troy is a much better team. They were, they were Sunbelt champions a year ago. Um, so, that's for one. They're better than, obviously, they're South Dakota, too. and they're better than MTSU. So, yeah, Troy, they played an all right game. But the thing is, they closed. They closed the game well. They closed how Missouri should have closed versus MTSU. And they, you know, they didn't like Missouri's last possession. I mean, not Missouri. Um, um, Troy's last possession ended in a fumble, and that's what the reserves in. Like, mm -hmm. there's been plenty of times where they're getting teams off the field, their final possessions in the fourth quarter, turnover on downs, punts, um, or just a regular turnover. Missouri last week, what was it? Um, they had a bad stretch where they they, they, they had an 87 yard drive, then a safety, they then, punted, safety, allowed it, then a they did get a turnover on downs. Um, yeah, they got, they did get the turnover on downs, but I'm, the thing is they got help again with the penalties, uh, with, with the offensive pass interference, like they still struggled on offense. They cannot close without something going crazy. Kansas state has proven in their first two games, um, that they can close. And usually I would say, well, the competition was lesser, but the fact that Troy is the best opponent out of all the games these guys have played and they handled them pretty well i mean that should say something yeah um kyle wants to know do you think we start a new right guard look can i just say drinkwood said he had eight or nine guys he thought could start on offensive mm. line. and now we're talking about cameron johnson who pretty clearly is in the crosshairs to get replaced if he does get replaced he's getting replaced by marcellus johnson probably who had two penalties and 15 snaps like Where's the depth, man? Because those are the only guys that have played. I, I, I'll i be honest. I don't have a clue what he, why EJ and Domo Ogar can't get on the field. I, I don't know what it is. Unless that injury from last year is uh, still lingering. I know he's healthy, but sometimes, you know, you can be healthy and maybe not shake back, you know, to what your form was because he was playing really well before he got uh, before he got hurt. I don't know. But, like, you, you, we were talking about this after Drink's interview on the way to to talk to Chuck Hicks, because that's all we got. You was talking about um, 
it was his year five or six for EJ. I can't remember, but he's been in college football. I think five. Yeah, he's been in college football for quite a minute. And Drink Four said he's five. still work. He's a work in progress. Like that doesn't look good. And then when I went to practice, maybe maybe he was out there, but I definitely seen Cameron and Marcellus like kind of switching with the first team. So that tells me those are the two guys who were mainly considered for a job. But, but what's weird to me is he played because of an injury last year, and he was actually good. Like. Yeah. They were better when he was in the lineup, and then he got hurt and all that. Now, I, I don't know. It's very strange to me. Uh, G2 South wants to say both of you have been appropriately critical of the play calling. If you're the OC, what are you changing about the offense? Look, I'm throwing more, and I'm throwing more on first down. That, yeah. That's the biggest thing I'm changing. Throwing more, um, you got to – I think it, they definitely got to start putting stuff up. Go back to the Wildcat a little bit. Do some something like that. I mean, short yardage, you got to have a different package. Use Logan Riker. You literally call him Big Show. Do something like that where you where you can get these short yardage things going. Um, like you said, pass some more. And if you see teams blitzing you, how about you get in the five wide and get your quick passes going that way? Spread the defenders out. Yeah. Stop. Like, they're just so predictable that there is no way – me and Gabe should know every single time they're gonna start the game with pistol Hand single back formation to Cody Schrader. I can't, I can't take it no more. Let me ask you this: Do you? Because I don't remember it happening. Maybe it's happened. Do you remember him running option at all with Brady Cook? I'm sure they have, but I can't think I of it. Hate seeing a little speed option with Brady. He, Cook. Yeah, he can do that with him and Pete. But yeah, uh, I think that. Uh, I mean, why not? They've got to. They've got to. Their offense feels vanilla, to be honest. Yeah. Like, they've got to do something. Yeah. Um, all right. So, that, I feel like, covers it. I mean, we have been talking about this game for a long time because it's the first one that matters. Um, mm-hmm. Gerard will have his prediction up tomorrow morning. Um, I kind of gave you a sneak peek at mine. I, I think this is going to – I think it's going to be a good game. Maybe that's wishful thinking. Um, but like, I want to see a good football game. Me too. A sell, first sellout in Eli's tenure. Um, but even what Kevin just said about everything that like Kansas state still has to work on. He also said like over there, they're not really pressed about anything Missouri's doing. That's just like, Oh, we've got to watch out for this. I, we basically talked this whole podcast about, well, Kansas state's line, their defense, their scheme, position players, special teams. Like, there's a lot of things for them to worry about. So, Well, I mean, I Kansas State has been better this year. It was better last year. I think we're all under the understanding Missouri is going to need to play a much better game than it has played so far to win this game. But I don't right. think this is a game where you go like, – like, you know, when Georgia came in here, if Georgia played an A game, nothing Missouri could do matters. If Kansas State comes in here and plays an A game, like I don't think they're so talented that there's nothing Missouri can do about it. I mean, I think K-State's a better team, but there's no reason Missouri can't play with this team at all. But here's the thing. If Kansas State plays the A game, it's hard for me to imagine that that also means Missouri is playing an A game at the same time. Right, and and it's going to take an A or a B game to win this, no question. Freeway Jarrett said they ran speed option in the bowl game versus Army and Brady score. So what is cool. that? Do two that years again. ago? Yeah, do that again. Oh, okay. I was, I was I was at that Army game. I've completely blocked it out. <laughs> it's 
But uh, but no, I mean it's it's going to take a good. Missouri is not going to win this with a B minus or a C plus effort. No. But I, can they make it close with that? Not yeah. if K State plays an A game. You know, I mean, but point is, hey, this is like we have seen a change in this fan base. This is put up time for Eli Drinkwitz. Like, show you can get this team ready to play and play yeah. well in a big game. Yeah, they they got to pull this one out, and all, all three phases of the uh, in all three phases of the game. Like, yep. I don't remember last year if there was another team they played where we was just like special teams is this important, except when they played Kansas State, and it's yep. coming back again. So. They can't be affording these missed PATs, these missed field goals, like whatever that issue is. This is the point where you said after the South Dakota game, like this will cost you games. Yep. I think Kansas State and Virginia Tech should play in a bowl game and it should just, they should only be able to punt and kick and they would just block each other's uh, kicks all the time. So, uh, but anyway, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, 11 a.m. kick. So we're going to be over at Faroe by, you know, 9, 9 30 on Saturday morning. Uh, preview in the chamber and everything tomorrow. So thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you next time.